So today we have a bit of a different topic for a change and that is on career and passion. So in the career, business and personal development sphere, the concept of whether or not you should follow your passion and whether you should have that be the main guideline for building a working life for yourself, which can be truly fulfilling has been a debated concept, similarly to how the idea of muscle soreness being a valid indicator for your training being sufficiently challenging has been a controversial one in the fitness world. For a long time, the idea that your default way of picking the right career path for yourself should be by following your passion has become a generally accepted notion in the personal development and business world. But it has been challenged more and more in recent times and perhaps One pivotal moment of this newer trend where people started questioning this concept has been the publication of Cal Newport's book, So Good They Can't Ignore You, where Newport makes the argument that this idea is bunk for several reasons, one being that most people don't really have a pre-existing passion to begin with, so while the idea might be applicable for a select few fortunate individuals, such as athletes and musicians, for most people it tends to create a lot of indecision and it makes them prone to constantly second-guess themselves whether the career path they chose is the right one for them or not. Off of this, the book also makes the point that the negative implications of the passion mindset greatly outweigh the positives, and that the existence of this advice over time created a lot of stress and led people down the road of chronic job hopping and major hopping in the case of college students, and that people would be perhaps better off simply committing to a career path that makes sense analytically, and that the threshold for any given job being good enough should be simply be that it seems interesting as opposed to it being your one true passion. The book also argues that if you examine people who achieved great success in their lives, they often chose career paths that were arguably not their true passion. One prominent example that the book brings up is Steve Jobs, who famously said in his Stanford commencement speech that you should not settle for a job that you're not passionate about. Whereas if you look at the things that Steve Jobs pursued when he was younger, they would have been things like Buddhism or arts. So in short, the main takeaway of this book is that the people who ultimately became successful at what they were doing and ended up loving their jobs, without exception, became really good at their craft, thus being able to provide a lot of value to the world through their work, which made them really valuable and indispensable in their respective fields. And this is what Newport termed career capital in his book, which is the concept of you being so competent at your craft that now you're able to shape your working life into something that is really fulfilling and satisfying. And ultimately, the book argues that it is certain traits of any given job that are going to make that job satisfying and fulfilling, as opposed to some special match between you and your job, which is predicated on a pre-existing passion. And these traits are things like mastery, the feeling that you're truly competent at what you're doing, a sense of autonomy, the ability of working on your own terms and according to your own principles, or impact, feeling like your work is making the world a better place and you're truly providing value with what you're doing. Therefore, the book argues that the idea that you should follow your passion is in a way reverse reasoning because it's not a pre-existing passion that is going to make you love your working life, but rather getting really good at your job, thus being able to transform your working life in a way so that you can enjoy the benefits of these job traits is what's going to make you passionate about your job. So the phrase, follow your passion, should be perhaps rephrased as 
follow the goal of becoming passionate about your work. Now, I recently had an interesting discussion about this with one of my most liked and respected fitness colleagues, if I may refer to him as one, Dr. Mike Isretel, who had some interesting misgivings about the message of Cal Newport's book, although he didn't mention the name of the book specifically. But nevertheless, I am going to play this clip for you here. There's a real big problem and much social discussion about these sorts of things in which people either want to hear things that are sort of disruptive and counterculture and for that reason cool and oh, bet you never thought of it this way uh, and there's another group of people or sometimes the same people that want to think of things um as you know like uh you know it, it has to be challenging or it has to be real world you know you're a dreamer and you know if it's not real world it's not good it's probably not true and there's not sort of room for a lot of nuance there uh so um i think a lot of that type of stuff is very poorly researched um I hate to be someone that brings this up. I suppose I don't suppose I hate it that much. You know, the replication crisis in psychology and a variety of other sciences. Uh, I've been yelling and screaming at the top of my lungs about shit, shit for years. Uh, you need multiple, 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 many, many, many studies to confirm a phenomenon which is worth even considering as a basis of action versus just hypothesis, right? So someone says, hey, you know, I heard that doing things that are boring but that are practical, you'll eventually develop a passion for them. Like, okay, so what's the basis of that? Well, this this one like this one guy wrote a book about it. And he cited one study. Okay, did a study get replicated? Like, no, I don't think so. Like, well, it's just fucking a hypothesis. It's as good as a fucking guess, pretty much. So, um, I think it's not really up for debate that people who are working on their passions are are infinitely more not infinitely as a, as a order of magnitude more productive than people who are not. Right. Um, if I if I would were to, were to run a business, and in some sense I do, was simply uninterested in hiring people that are not passionate. Uh, they're you know, like if you give me a person who's passionate, and a person who's not, I'll hire the passionate person every single time. Now, does that mean that everything in your area of remote passion is going to be free of real work that you don't like? No, absolutely not. So in some sense, you have to do the boring work. It, but it, it, should it be as much related to your passion as possible? Yes. So so for example, you know. Should you follow your passion to becoming um, uh, like a literal butterfly? Like, I just wanted to be a butterfly my entire life. I hate having four limbs. I want six and I want fucking wings, all that shit. Uh, no, because it's fucking ridiculous, right? You're not going to make any money becoming a butterfly. The you know mechanics of becoming a butterfly are just you know, 50 or 60 years before artificial intelligence can make you into a butterfly anyway. So stupid, very impractical, pure passion, zero practicality, right? And then there's the other end of the spectrum, which is, you know, you're a sufficiently intelligent person, uh, Abel, for example. You you clearly have the wherewithal to become a corporate accountant or a lawyer or a, a manager in an international business firm. You know, you could work like 80 hours a week and you make very good money and it's very practical, logical work. You'd probably have sort of lingering, intrusive thoughts of suicide, <laughs> but whatever, you know, it's impractical to kill yourself because you can't generate further income doing that. So you just keep at it, right? And, and that sort of advice, I don't think is, is really good life advice in a dynamic global economy in which, you know, there are as many jobs as damn near as there are people, and there's a huge demand for all sorts of things. So what I would say my sort of uh, proposed uh, action for that problem is if you're finding yourself in need of uh, a career choice, whatever time in your life you feel that that's necessary to make, I would uh, check the grandiose scope of available careers 
And I would check your passion of what you're passionate about generally and specifically and try to make as close of an alignment between the two. So, for example, you know, you really like legal structures. You're fascinated by them. You love arguing and you you love being technically correct and you love reading. Uh, then, you know, a lawyer might sound like a fucking dream job. And to a lot of people, it really is. And I guarantee you the best lawyers fucking love law. They wake up for that shit. They live for that shit. Um, if you love training people and helping people with their diets, it's a huge passion of yours, then you can make a shitload of money and help an unbelievable number of people doing exactly that in a variety of avenues. So I think when people say, you know, don't follow your passions, be practical because eventually it'll be your passion. But, you know, uh, boy, oh boy, are there fucking literal billions of people who do work that they're very good at that are not passionate about it at all and rather fucking slip their own wrists. Oh, my God. Like, I can't even believe that is a, is a thing. Like, I, I have many friends who are involved in very high echelon corporate law and it's just, they're looking for any way out <laughs> possible, like rats on a fucking ship. And they're very good at their jobs, right? So it's, it's absolute nonsense to say that anything you were good at you'll be good at for a long time. You'll be passionate about it. Jesus Christ, there's tons of wrestlers that win state championships, go to college wrestling, and as soon as wrestling is done, they literally never step on foot on a mat again. They hate it at their entire life. They just happen to be fucking good at it, right? Um, on the other hand, being a dreamer and people saying, just follow your passion, man. Well, if your passion does not offer any valuable goods and services to other people, you will not be remunerated in any sort of income and your life will be, you know, giant poverty stricken artistic mess. <laughs> uh, so I think but it, it's not super hard to find an intersection between the two. So I would say the answer is to find that intersection and be as productive as you can. Now, I think that Dr. Israel is right on the money in that Simply being competent at your job is not going to grant a satisfying working life by itself. A good example would be people into investment banking, where many will raise to the top of the ranks and earn tremendous amounts of money. But their working life and the constraints that are being forced upon them often resemble borderline slavery conditions, the only difference being that they actually get to earn a lot of money, albeit they often don't have the time to actually enjoy the benefits of having that much money. On the other hand, I think Dr. Israel is a good example of someone who loves what he's doing and has a truly satisfying working life, which could be attributed to his pre-existing passion towards fitness. But at the same time, the theory of Cal Newport's book would also make sense in his case. Because Mike certainly has a sense of mastery, as he is one of the most highly regarded experts in the field. He has a sense of autonomy, since he has a lot of freedom in the type of work he puts out. And he also enjoys a lot of flexibility in terms of when and where he's working. He's able to dedicate the time he wants to pursue his athletic endeavors, while being able to make a good living off of his work. And he certainly has a sense of impact since he is one of the most popular figures in the field. If his working conditions would be similar to that of an investment banker who literally has to cut back on the time it takes for him to eat his dinner, it's questionable how far his burning passion towards fitness would take him in being fulfilled with his working life. But instead of speaking for someone else, let me elaborate on my two cents on this topic. I think on the one hand, the message that you don't need to find your one true passion in life necessarily to start out on a career path and to pour your efforts into that field can be very liberating to many. I remember, for example, being very stressed out in my late teens and early 20s before I would have gotten into the fitness industry when I was comparing myself to a lot of friends who seemed to be very passionate about what they were studying, and I felt completely desperate when I thought of the future that awaited for me without a similar burning passion towards something. 
at the time, reading this book has been an absolute game changer for me, and it made me a lot more relaxed about what's going to happen in my future. On the other hand, I think that being at least strongly interested about something and pursuing that have simple practical benefits, and here is why. When you have a deep interest towards a given field, you frequently take the extra miles that others don't. You will be incredibly more likely to stay at the office for another hour to finish something or simply to do the best job you can because it doesn't feel like an annoying hassle that you need to get out of the way so that you can finally go home and enjoy yourself. You're more likely to educate yourself and further your knowledge and skill set about that given topic beyond the level where your knowledge is already satisfactory. Fitness is a great example for me in that when you learn about energy balance, protein, and a few simple training concepts, you will basically have learned enough to be good to go for the rest of your life. I sure as hell knew enough two years ago already to be good to go for the rest of my life. But there is just something that propels me forward to want to learn more and more about some nuanced stuff. I also rethink a lot of things about which I already had a relatively well-refined stance already. For example, about ad libitum dieting. And that's how a lot of these podcast episodes are coming together too. And over time, these little extra miles are what going to separate you from the crowd. Now, I would agree with the idea that if you manage to get so competent at something that eventually you can transform your working life and working conditions to your liking, there's a strong chance of becoming really passionate about your work. But if you don't have an underlying deep interest and, dare I say, passion about what you're doing, I'm just not sure that most people will have the motivation and the drive to push themselves to that level of competence so that they can create this autonomous passion-generating working life for themselves. So I think the truth lies somewhere in between. You probably don't have to disqualify a career path just because you were not passionate about it ever since you were in kindergarten. On the other hand, there is some base level of passion and interest you need to hit from the get-go so that you can be driven enough to rise high enough in your field so that you can transform your working life to your liking and thus become truly passionate. So I guess those would be my thoughts for today. I hope you found this interesting or thought-provoking. Let me know your thoughts in the comment section. And if you're new to this channel, subscribe and all that stuff. And with that, see you next time.